Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Saga of Steve Rogers. My name's Tom, and I'm glad to have you here. If you're here for the first time, where have you been? I've been looking for you. Um, this is episode 260, so 260 episodes of this, jeez. Uh, started out just sitting in my closet, surrounded by clothes on hangers, talking to myself and then talking to kids and talking to uh, a couple people from work. And 260 episodes later, completely different conversations I'm having. But this is part four with Richard Rader. Uh, if you haven't heard the first three, quit saying, ah, Tom, go back and listen to part one, part two, part three. It's a career progression story of a criminal going from you know, being born in Yuma, Arizona, parents are teachers, to in and out of so many different life-threatening situations, um, drug cartels and car chases and DEA and stripper girlfriends and people dropping dimes and different gangs and associations with gangs, but not a membership in a gang. And it's just, man, oh man, it's a lot more than I ever thought it was going to be. So we're on episode four. This is um, I don't know, part four. So if you didn't hear the first three, go back and listen to the beginning. If, you've, if you're following along, um, this story is just getting bigger and broader. Um, he has figured out the legal system in such a way that documents get written incorrectly. He gets his convictions thrown out and he's helping other people get his convictions thrown out. And, you know, that's what, that's what defense attorneys do. I mean, he's doing the work that Mark Garagos does for a shit ton less because he can't be paid for doing it. He's helping out people that are in that were put in incorrectly. People that are out that are trying to be put in. He's helping, you know, he's helping himself in, in many ways. And, um, it's just uh, it's a super interesting story. Still looking to uh, do a Q and A, so this will be the last plea I think that I'll put out there. Might even be one more. Don't know. Don't know how much more of this story there is before we get to the end. But uh, email address is Steve at sagaofsteverogers dot com. Please, if you have questions, anything you ever wanted to ask somebody, you want to ask about the drug trade, you want to ask about gangs, you want to ask about prison life, you want to ask about fuck yeah, anything. Um, he's led a pretty storied life. He's gone from having you know huge amounts of drugs and money and cars and homes in two different countries to. You know, coming out of prison one time and having a hundred dollars in his pocket, and that's all the money he has in the world. So, pretty storied life. Um, it's it's a tale of woe and sad, and you know, it, it's a cautionary tale. I guess is the best way to put it. But regardless, thanks for listening. Please share this and tell a friend. I'm really enjoying talking to Richard. I really enjoy doing this regardless of Richard or anybody else. So um, if you're enjoying the show, leave a review, share a link, tell a friend. Um, if you're really enjoying the show and you want to give back, patreon.com slash Saga of Steve Rogers this is a fan-supported show. So if you're interested in supporting the show in a little way, $2, $4, $10, $25, whatever, whatever you want to give, you can do that through patreon.com slash saga of Steve Rogers. There's little incentives, you know, little uh, things that are sent out to people, early release of episodes, but it's just a way of uh, supporting the show and saying thanks for me doing this, keeping the lights on, technology, keeping it updated and all that stuff. But without further ado, little intro from my daughter and then part four with Richard Rader. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this podcast. My stepdad works really hard on this. If you are easily offended, don't waste your time. If you like to tell a friend, I can't believe I have to tell adults this basic stuff. Hello. Hello. 
This is a prepaid debit call from... Richard. An inmate at the South Dakota State Penitentiary. This call is from a correction facility and is subject to monitoring and recording. Thank you for using GTL. All right. Hello. Hey. <sighs> so, back to that. Yeah. Um, so let's. I, I want to talk. To be, I'm just trying to be politically correct about the gangs. Got it. Um, especially when we're talking about Arizona because they are real, and I do have friends there, and um, there are certain things I can and can't say. So. Uh, I don't want to disrespect anybody there or disrespect what's going on there. You know what I mean? Neither do I. Motherfucker, no. I do not want that kind of heat either. I'm just, I'm trying to understand the rules. Like, what I know of prison and what I know of jail is what I see on TV, which means shit. Cause well, here's the rules. Here's, here's the rules. Go. When you go to prison, mind your own business. I mean, it's in Arizona, it's not like this in every prison. In Arizona, this is the way it is. You go, if you're not a rat and you're not a sex offender, you're going to be okay. As long as you follow certain rules. Certain rules are mind your own business. Um, don't get in any debts you can't, you can't cover. Stick with your own race. Um, don't be loud. Be respectful to everybody. And don't try to be a tough guy because I don't give a fuck how bad you think you are. There's going to be someone tougher. And if there isn't one person tougher, there's going to be a few that are going to be tougher. So, one, so when you talked about yourself, you, are, you can get got. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so I don't know who, you know, no matter who you are, you can get got. They will, you know, they will get you if they have to get you. So you talked about when you were in a gang in school. First off, you use the term gang like relatively different than prison gangs. Obviously, you guys were just <laughs> bunch of kids fucking around, right. weren't weren't you know wearing similar right. colors, and this is a completely different different universe. But right, you were in a gang with Mexican kids. You were in a Mexican gang because that's what there was in in prison. Right. Not that way. You would not be with the Mexican gang. No, the Mexican gang. No, no. Okay. No, bad, bad. <laughs> so the fact hey, I, that I have friends, I have friends that are that are uh, that are there in that. You, you know, yeah. like for instance, one person that I grew up with is really, really high up in the Mexican hierarchy, and I grew up with him from a little kid, and he's like one of their tops. So, uh, and I have, I, I know a lot of them. I know a lot of the people that I would need to know if I want, you know what I mean? The yeah. right people I know on both sides. Fuck. Okay. So I I, I was really concerned about what the rules were. For instance, for instance, there's a friend of mine. They just did an article on him in Rolling Stones uh, last year. Um, his name's Barry Bonds. I mean, not not Barry Bonds, uh, David Bond, David Downs, David Downs. Um, he, I'm friends with him. We're 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 close. He's a real smart, intelligent man. Um, they did an article on him in, in uh, Rolling Stones. I'm sure he probably didn't like the article. The article says a lot of things about him. They say he's Aryan Brotherhood and this and that. Um, and he's a friend. And a lot of times. They like classifying people, even though, for instance, let's assume that he doesn't agree with that article. You know, there's no way. A lot of times people just make stuff up and, and, and print stuff about people. I'm not saying that's what happened here, but I'm just saying that uh, there's no way somebody like that is going to say, hey, I'm this. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm reading between the lines mm -hmm. and I see what you have to do. I'm with you. You know, um, and uh, it just, it just, it just is like, um, like a, a, a friend of mine is, 
is uh, George Harp. And George Harp is the founder of the Aryan Brotherhood. How does this person founders. become a friend of yours? Uh, coming to my house, eating dinner with me, uh, being in prison with him, um, doing favors for him, him doing favors for me. Just, I know him. You know what I mean? He calls my parents. He's talked to my parents. He's helped my, my well, my daughter was in, uh, one of my daughters was in Colorado and was needed help and I didn't have no money. He wired money to my daughter. Uh, I mean, he's a friend. If I needed $500, uh, like when I was stuck in uh, Yuma one time, when I was, I needed to get on a plane, he wired me the money to get a plane ticket to get back to South Dakota. Um, things like that. I don't know. He's just, he's just a friend and he's, he's, he's old, he's dying. And, uh, he is, they, they wrote a book about him. It's called, uh, the King of Prisons. He's the founder, you know, one of the original founders of the Aryan Brotherhood out of California and the federal, and he's done a lot of federal time. He's an old bank robber and stuff like that. So, uh, He's well known. <laughs> king of prisons, multiple like prisons yeah. or prison. Yeah, king of prisons the, of the United States. Okay. You know, put, put I, got his, I got his number. I could call. I could call him right now if I wanted to. No, My let's not. Let's not do it now. To. Let's not do it now. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's not. It's just. That's how well uh, how, how how many people I know. You know what I mean? Jesus. Okay. So when last we stopped, you were you had just been given twenty five years for attempted and it was never murder was never put on the table, but attempted assault, conspiracy, the drugs, all that stuff were put aside, the sneaking across the border with a car with silenced weapons put aside because you were given twenty five years in in Yuma and you went in. So tell me what happened there. Oh, one more thing. Just so you, your listeners or whatever, if you want to look on the internet, you want to look up George Harp and Aryan Brotherhood. There's articles and everything else on them. Oh, the, I'm going to put links. Everybody. I'm going to put links on the show notes to both of them. <laughs> so to George Harp and I mean, David Downs. Just, I'm going to look them up and put some shit on there for him. So I mean, just. It's what it is. All right, so tell me about the 25. She went in at about um, 31. That's what we just figured out when we I went stopped. In, I, 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 I went in and I started, I, I, I continued with my, my education in the law. And um, I got an education. I mean, I went to actual school. I got an associate's degree in paralegal studies. And obviously I was specializing in criminal law because... That's, I mean, so I took a bunch of extra courses and, and I just wanted to learn about criminal law. I'm not into doing lawsuits. I mean, that's another thing in, in, in prison. You don't want to do lawsuits against the prison and stuff because it screws up everything for everybody else. So you, that, I mean, if you're going to do a lawsuit against the prison, sometimes they take shit away from everybody there or you screw shit up. So you have to go through the correct procedures with the inmates if you're going to do a lawsuit in prison. So I stuck away. I stayed away from them. I just wanted to help people get out of prison. So I did criminal cases in prison. And I would be somebody that they would talk to, to uh, get away with stuff, <laughs> uh, to be able to do things and not have liability, criminal liability. And stuff like that. So I was, I did a lot of stuff like that. Jailhouse lawyer. Right. Yeah. But also for the people that are. <laughs> okay. So you're in for 25. How much time did you end up doing? Uh, I tried to, I, I didn't appeal. I mean, I, I, I had the paid lawyer at this time. My parents hired a lawyer, and I wanted to argue that conspiracy is one crime. So they, I got charged with I got ten and a half years for one armed robbery, and a ten and a half, or seven and a half years for aggravated assault, and another seven and a half years for the other aggravated assault, all running consecutive. 
which means after the other. So I was arguing that the conspiracy is one crime. I only had, because they didn't prove that I was present at the time of the crime. And because all the evidence that we put on after shows that I wasn't present at the time of the crime, that... And the crime we're talking about is the, is the assault, right? The guy that was taken out, the guy that had the cars. Well, no, the crime was... The crime was, I mean, there's a bunch of crimes that were committed. I mean, kidnapping was committed, uh, assault was committed, robbery was committed. Um, I mean, there's a lot of crimes that were committed, but I was only convicted of conspiracy. Although it was a conspiracy of a bunch of crimes. My argument was a conspiracy is an agreement, and therefore it's only one crime, one agreement. I could I could conspire with you to kill ten people, and you go out and kill ten people. I'm only guilty of one conspiracy. I'm guilty of one act, and that's an agreement. And so that was my argument. The lawyer disagreed with me. As the I imagine, trying to win it. I imagine so. So the the lawyer disagreed with me, and he wanted to pursue ineffective assistance counsel for my counsel refusing and never coming to see me, never talking to me. The whole time I was in jail for seven months fighting the case, he never once came to see me or talked to me. Uh, he never came and talked to me during trial. He wouldn't really let me testify. He refused to let me testify, and it's my constitutional right to testify if I want to. All this stuff happened. He that's what, that's what he argued, and I said, well, just argue this for me, since my family's saying you make this argument for me. So he made the argument. His arguments lost. My argument won. The, the, the Supreme Court of Arizona agreed that an, a, a conspiracy to commit several offenses is only one conspiracy. It's only one act. Because for, for every crime, you have to have an act, and then you have to have you know, the intent and the act. And the actual act of making the conspiracy, make, making the agreement, is only one act. You can't be charged with several crimes for one act. So that's my argument, and I won. I won. So the two assaults were actually vacated and dismissed, and I was stuck with the 10 and a half years for the armed robbery. And it took me eight years to win, <laughs> close to eight years to win. It took me a long time to win, but I won. So you were in for eight years? You... Yeah, I actually did. Go ahead. It actually didn't take me eight years to win. It only took me a couple years to win. But, yeah, I stayed in. I was in for eight and a half years, and I got out. So you were originally in for 25. Then legal legal stuff, appeal, put down to 10. How did you get out in eight and a half? Because uh, under the truth and sentencing, I guess, I ended up only having to do uh, 85% of the 10 and a half. I thought when you talked about it in the last... I, thought it, was, I thought it was flat time. I thought it was too day for day. But, and that's... I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. Maybe it was... I think, I think going back looking at it, I, I think my, my mindset at the time was I had to do day for day, the whole 25 and a half. Okay. And then it was, in reality, it was only I had to do 85% or either that or the law changed in between. But somehow I ended up only having, you're right, only having to do 85%. Okay. So before we go, you getting out, I have questions about a, a couple things. So having never yep. been part of the criminal justice system, if I, if, if you, your parents have to hire an attorney to fight the state's yes. conviction for your 25 years and yes. you end up winning that case. So they take away 15 of the 25 and make it 10. How much money right. does that cost? And then because the state loses, do they have to reimburse your parents or are they just out that money? They're just out that money. It costs them. I think all total it was 16,000. So the state wrongly convicts you of something, you get it overturned, whether wrongly or rightly, it gets overturned in appeal. Well, yeah, yep. 
But the cost is still your cost. Correct. Okay. Yeah, even if you go to trial and win, let's say you you, you get in trouble for something and you take it to trial, you go hire a lawyer and you pay a hundred thousand dollars. You have to you have to sell your house, you sell your you sell everything, and you pay this lawyer to get you out of this trouble. They arrest you. They wrongly they wrongly arrest you uh, for a murder they think you did. You proven trial. You didn't do this murder. You're still out all that. You're not getting that back. Okay. That sucks. But, I, I mean... It sucks hugely. Yeah. And then if you get a public defender, they don't really fight for you. I mean, they don't. They, 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 they already get, they get paid no matter what, so they just do whatever and sell you down the river. I mean, they don't purposely sell you down the river, but they just, like, they're not going to fight for you. They're not going to spend the time and money... They're not going to spend the time on your case that a paid lawyer is going to do. A paid lawyer is going to spend time on your case because he's racking up the money. <laughs> a public defender is not going to spend the time on your case because he doesn't rack up that money, and he's getting paid no matter what. Wow. Okay, so you get out in eight and a half years, and then you get a straight job and clean up your act, and now you're a CEO of a company, right? No, I'm just fucking around. <laughs> How long until you end up back it. in your old life, man? No, I'm I'm done. I mean, at this point, when I get out, I'm I'm done. I'm done with that lifestyle. I'm 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 so over it. I'm done with I'm done with everything. I'm just over every, all of it. I mean, at this point, I have no regrets. I mean, uh, I didn't regret the time I did. I I, I deserved every bit of time I got. Uh, I was lucky to get out. The way I did, uh, both the times. Way I at it, even, you know, both yeah, times all, that you got it. Yeah, yeah. All, all, all my clients up to that point. Look, I deserve every bit of it. I deserve the time. I got lucky. I deserve more time. I got lucky. I don't regret none of it. I was the I was the one that, that fucked up. I don't. I mean, and even the guy that got shot. I mean, I don't have any hard feelings toward him. I'm, I'm not mad that he lived. I'm glad that he lived. I actually, I'm actually kind of indifferent of it. You know, uh, I don't like him, but I'm, I'm glad he didn't die. So all and the things that the amount of time I got, all the things that you had before you went in the two houses, house in Mexico, house in Arizona, 11 cars, you know, you were making a goodly amount of money. There was probably money hidden here and there and money people were holding. All that shit's gone. Yeah. Yep. Get seized by the government? Yep. No. <laughs> well, no. Just gone. The houses weren't mine. They were rented. Uh, okay. Uh, the house in Mexico was rent to own. You know, I, I put a down, good down payment on both houses. I had two houses there. Um. So, but those are lost. I mean, I didn't finish paying on them. <laughs> uh, the all the cars just ended up gone. Who knows? Very. Who knows if someone? Who knows? I don't know where they're at. Uh, my 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 Jeep that I had bought cash got stolen. Uh, the red my my Pontiac Grand Prix got got seized. Um, all the other cars. The, the, the bug and the and the blazer. I never got that back because he, the victim kept that. And uh, the Nissan Pulsar was left in Mexico. The just different. Uh, the Mustang was uh, had a Mustang that was left in Phoenix. And who knows what happened to that? Uh, I don't know. Just all the money. Just the money just comes and goes. I mean, the money just comes and goes. Okay. So. So you get out, and what I happens? I get out. Um, I I'm I'm ready to turn my life around. I'm uh, I'm ready to do good. I'm re- I want to go to college, so I got accepted uh, uh, in South uh, Northern University of South Dakota, the Wolves like in Aberdeen. I got uh, accepted there to go to college to go to law school, and uh, I get out, and I start going to law school. 
I get, well, first off, I get out my, I got this complete, I've always had the complete support of my family and I, I, I've wasted that. I'm such a freaking idiot that I've wasted that support. I, I had it all my life and I knew I had it and I just, I was just too fucking stupid to, to, to realize how to utilize it. You know, I mean, just to be honest, I was too, too stupid. I don't know what the fuck was in my mind. I don't know why I was so stupid. I mean, I outsmarted a lot of things, but that I was just, I was, I don't even know what to say. I, that, that I look back on that and I, that's like glaringly obvious to me. And I'm, I, I don't understand my mind, my thinking. I don't, uh, anyway, I get out. And, uh, my dad buys me a house, uh, puts all the furniture in the house, does everything. He spends probably $130,000. I know, you know, at least, uh, buys me a car and all I got to do is go to college. Your all dad was a school, school teacher. How does your dad have $130,000? He's, he's, he's one, he was one of the highest paid school teachers in, in Yuma and he had been school teacher forever and he just, he did, Damn. he, he, he's probably, you know, he did loans and shit like that. It wasn't like he walked down there with 30,000, $130,000 in cash and just laid it on the table. Got it. Okay. You know? Uh, so he, 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 he gave me a shot. He gave me a real shot and he loved me and you know, he's, he, 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 he gave me that shot and I fucking, I blew it. Anyway, I go to, I go to school and I go the first week of school and everything's on computers. All my classes are on computers. Hold on. Let me Even stop you again. I, I, I keep cutting you off and I apologize, but there's like, I want to, no, I want to make fine. sure I understand. So you do the, I want you to do that. Yeah. You do the eight years in Arizona, right? It's supposed to be yep. 25. You do eight, get out. You're, what's the difference between probation and parole? I don't understand either. Quick version of it. Probation. Probation is if you weren't in prison, you got You were on the streets and you had no. And you get you. Probation is a a a uh, best way to put it is. You know the branches of the government, right? Yeah. You got your judicial branch. You got your and you got your executive branch, right? And mm-hmm. you got your. Uh, so. The probation would be a judicial branch. Okay. Prison would be executive branch, I believe. So I when, got that right. So when you get out, you're on parole. Uh, well, no. What, with probation, you're still under the control of the judge. Okay. When you go to prison and you get out, you're under control of the state. So how do you get to move from Arizona to South Dakota? Uh, my family, uh, we talked to the coordinators and all that stuff. And we talked to the, uh, the parole departments and they didn't want me back in Arizona because of my contacts across the border. Okay. So they were happy that you're going to South Dakota. They're like, fuck yeah, you could go. They're getting me. Yeah. They're getting me out of here. Yeah. They're like, fuck yeah. Go ahead and go. Please go. Okay. Got it. I'm just wondering how you got to be able to leave. Like my understanding is like you get out, you have to stay in the area. You have to, they have to check in with you. And no, all that you could anywhere, any prison you go into, I believe you could get out and go anywhere in the United States you want to go. Okay. As long as that state will accept you. And as long as you have a place to go in that state. So South Dakota took you in, <laughs> you went to school. Okay. Computers and classes. Sorry. Yep. So I go to class and, and uh, everything's on computers. And so I have to buy a computer. So I go out and buy a computer and I can't do anything. I don't even know. I've never even had a cell phone. I guess I did have a cell phone because I had a cell phone when I was in Mexico, but then those are luxury items. <laughs> Not just everybody had a cell phone. Right. Uh, so I knew how to use the cell phone. I knew how to use like to punch in numbers and call somebody, but I didn't know like smartphones and get on the internet and all that shit. I didn't know nothing about none of that. So I'm having to learn all this stuff, and and I can't catch up. And the, the teacher just tells me, all the teachers just tell me, you you you're not ready, you can't. Even though I'm a, I'm a 4.0, I have a 4.0 GPA, 
I got straight A's in school. I'm nine credits shy of my bachelor's, and I haven't got a single B. All of it's A's. Uh, even when I did get something wrong in my law classes, I argued the point and ended up winning the point and getting an A. <laughs> so, um, but the bottom line is technology has passed you by. Like the the needs passed me by. So right. So they tell me I need to go to take some rudimentary computer courses and stuff before I'm in before I could do these college courses. So uh, I gave up. Not what I, you wanted I, I to hear. I gave up. Uh, that wasn't what you wanted to no. hear at all. No, I gave up. And uh, and so I'm living in the house. And do I? I don't. I don't go get no job. I I, I end up hooking up with a with a girlfriend. She's a stripper. Man, it's you, <laughs> with you. It's girls and drugs and cars. Like those are your three yeah. lanes, man. Yeah. Big time. So I end up hooking up with this 19-year-old stripper, and I'm 40 now, you know, and she's like the hottest stripper in the club. (laughs) But so we get engaged, and all this stuff's going on, and uh, I feel obligated to pay money on the house, you know what I mean? Um, since my dad spent all that money on the house and this and that. So I'm thinking in my head, oh, I'm going to buy the house for my dad. I'm just going to pay it off. You know what I mean? I can make a one run to Mexico and back and pay off the house. Okay. So, and it wasn't like I was planning on going down there and going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and continuing to sell drugs. I said, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, just one time go there, come back and just one transportation would transport one amount of drugs one time. I don't even have to sell it. I give it to somebody else to sell and I'm done. Okay. But the, so, you, you've been out of the game for 10 years, maybe a little more because yeah. you're in jail, yeah. hiding, you know, in jail, then prison. So 10 years, the game changes quickly. The people change like the people you knew not no. in charge anymore. Or they're still, running shit or what they're was still that? there yeah they're still there they're still there okay they're still as a matter of fact that like the Arianos, they're still in control of the whole all of mexico mm. okay so i go back i pick up and come back and on the way back i uh we get pulled over and I just pick up a pound, and I come back, and we get pulled over by the cops. And a pound of what? They take us to jail. Meth. Okay. So you go to Mexico. Hold on, hold on. Jail. I want to make sure I get this. You go to Mexico. You and the no, stripper. No, I don't go. I don't go to Mexico. I go to I go to Phoenix. So you come to Arizona. You and the stripper. No, she's back at home. Okay, so you by yourself. No. <laughs> And I'm not too proud of this, but uh, it was me and my daughter. Okay. Y- your youngest daughter? My 15-year-old, she came up to live with me in, uh, in in South Dakota. Okay. So you go to Arizona. Somebody fronts you this stuff, yep. or you had the money to buy it? Yeah, I, I just I bought it. So how much does a, how much does a pound of meth cost? I have no frame of reference. I watched Breaking Bad, but that's the only reference well, for meth I know. Back in the day, I I, I was selling it for seven thousand a pound. Um, I would pick it up from three to four thousand a pound, so which you, is unheard of back then. How was the but how was a pound of meth going to pay like, for your dad's house though? Because up here it goes up here it goes for I I, I got I would have got for for a pound. You get. I would have got sixty thousand up here, easy. Jesus. Okay. So you're driving back with your daughter. Sorry, get pulled over. Get pulled over, and uh, they take us to jail. They're looking for the dope. I'm, I'm being set up. 
uh, my daughter doesn't know about it. Uh, just me and the, my, my person that I have driving knows about it. And they're looking for it. So they tear the car apart right there on the highway when we're on the highway, you know. They tear the car apart, and they're looking for it. Dogs running through it. They're looking for it. They can't find it. They take us to jail for uh, for me. Uh, oh, they took me to jail for letting him drive my car, which he was an unlicensed driver. They took him for jail, to jail because he was an unlicensed driver, and they took us to jail for the weekend. While we were in jail, they, they took my impound of my car, and they looked through the car twice more. They went back to the car to look to find the, uh, the drugs. They didn't find anything. So Monday... They let me out. This was in Wyoming. Monday, they let me out. And we got, we got back to the car and had to put it all together. The dash was out. The tires were off. The, 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 the seats were all screwed up. The, the, the middle console was out. And so we had to put everything back together. And uh, then we drive back. We drive back into South Dakota. And I unload it. I, I have it and I unload it. And... Uh, my girlfriend at the time was asking me, how the hell, what the hell, how, how'd you have it? And this and this and that. And I'm like, well, just none of your business. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't want to discuss it with her. Right. I didn't discuss stuff like that with him. And, uh, so to make a long story short, she ends up, I end up, I end up, burying it because right after that happened i ended up getting a job working with an attorney as their paralegal one of the best lawyers in Aberdeen. because i was still trying to find a job and and, and I, I actually landed the job so i took everything and i buried it and i said i'm done i'm done and uh i started to go to work and a few days in he tells me he can't, he can't uh, have me working for him no more because of conflict of interest. I'm like, I don't understand. So he fires me. And I don't understand why. He wouldn't and, tell uh, you what the conflict was. He just said there's a conflict of interest and you got to go. Yep. Well, this happens to be my lawyer on my case right before this lawyer took over now. Okay. William Gerties. And he... Eventually, I found out why. It's because my little stripper girlfriend was working with the DEA and setting me up, and that's how they pulled me over in Wyoming and everything because they had my my cell phone pinged the whole time, and they knew where I was at traveling. And she, when she kept calling me, I tell, told her I was like going through New Mexico and shit, but I wasn't. I was going through Colorado and all that, but they had me pinged, so they knew I was lying to her, and they they pulled us over before we hit South Dakota. <coughs> And that's why she was asking all the questions, because she wanted to know what the hell, where it was at, and why they couldn't find it, and all that. She wanted you to tell her where it was hidden in the car, so she could tell them. She Was she working with them because she got caught right, for was, something? And Yeah, she was on she was on parole. Oh, not parole. She was on a bond. She got busted with an ounce of cocaine. Okay. Well, anyway, so I don't know none of this. And so, you know, I I, I end up... Uh, blowing all that, uh, to having someone else, someone end up owing me a bunch of money. And, uh, because I left it all with him after I dug it, re undug it and gave it to him. So I have all this money out there that's owed to me. And, uh, someone called the cops and says that I did an armed robbery. There was an armed robbery and they said that it was, it was me. So, and I'm on parole. So the cops come get me. And thinking I did this on robbery, which I didn't do. I had nothing to do with it. Uh, they ended up catching the guys that did it later. But at the time, I guess I fit the description. So they came, searched my house, and they found a, a half a joint in my stripper girlfriend's purse. Not her purse, but it was on a, in, in a cigarette pack on the table. And when they found it, uh, they asked about it, and I said, that's mine because I, I was, like, standing up for her. I didn't want her to go to jail, and I figured it's just a half a joint, you know. And, uh, so they violated my parole and took me back to Arizona and took me back to prison. And the house was there and she was living in the house and she was collecting all the money from the people that owed me and the people that, and, and, and if she didn't collect it, they kept it. <laughs> and I'm sitting back in prison in Arizona. So Doing you got violated my... and you're back in jail for how long now? 
Two years. So that Two was years. the rest so of the months, that right. was the rest of the ten that you didn't do. Is that yep. how that works? Right. The rest of the tick. The rest of the ten. Yep. You got to go back and complete it. Finish it. But they never found the stuff that you buried. No, I ended up digging it back up and giving it giving it to people to get rid of for me. And then between, I got paid some of it, but a lot of it was still owed. Got it. But okay, I missed that part. Be- okay. Between that time, I between that time, I got arrested. Okay, so back to Yuma, the house that your dad got. He, he, yeah, Tony, or my stepdad had to come up here and uh, and uh, clean it all out, kick her out, clean it all out, and they ended up selling it, and my dad ended up getting his money back and all that stuff. I'm sure he, he lost some on it, though, like on the furniture and stuff. And, and I feel like a complete idiot, dumbass, everything else. Everything under the sun, I feel like. All right, so you're back in doing the two. Yep, I finished that. Uh, Wow, this is just talking about it. Talking about it sounds so fucking stupid. (laughs) I mean, look, I'm not going to say it's not stupid. There's so many places where... There's forks in the road where you could go left or you could go right. And you kept picking the wrong fork, man. Yeah. A lot of circumstances, you know, the people you hang out with keep you on that that fork. But, man. All right, so you get out after the two, and then what? Yeah. I was out uh, one day and came across a half pound of meth. I spy with my hazel green eye. And I had to go. I had to go back to. Uh, I had to go back to South Dakota anyway to pick up my vehicle because my vehicle that my dad bought me is still parked up here, and so I have to come back here anyway. And a girlfriend of mine wanted me to bring said, hey, I'll take this and I'll pay $400 and eight balls straight across for it all. So I'm thinking, well, what the hell? I got to go there anyway. <laughs> How do you come across a half pound of meth? See, I've never, that's never happened to me. <laughs> well, because I have, I have friends, I have not friends, I have associates that, right. that, I mean, like, that's nothing to me. That's a little bit. I understand the normal people, that's a lot. But that's nothing. But when you get and out back, of prison, back then especially it was a lot. No, go ahead. No, back then it was a lot too. I mean, now it's probably not so much because people are moving hundreds and hundreds of pounds of that shit across, you know, everywhere. Back then, it it was a lot. Okay, so you pick that up. Works in prison. So you figure out how many gra- how many grams are in a. Or how many, you know, you got, you got 32 eight balls in a, in a uh, quarter pound. You got a, let me see, you got eight times, eight times 16. So 16, you go 18, eight, eight times 16. And then times 400, which is, I mean, or that's, I don't know, it's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when you don't, when you're not paying for it. That's a lot of money. Sure. So my plan was to go, okay, go and come up here, pick up my vehicle, drop that off, get the money for it, head back to Yuma and be done. I was planning on, you know, trying to get a house with my baby's mom and, and my, 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 my daughter and starting over and trying to get a job and, and starting, but it didn't work that way. I mean, that was my plan. You know, I was like, okay, I could do this one run. And it's always that one run, you know what I mean? It's like I could do this just to get on my feet because I had $100 when I walked out of prison. I didn't have shit. I have no job experience. I don't have shit. So I figured, okay, I'll do this, and then it'll give me, it'll give me something to sit on. It'll give me a way to, to relax a minute, get a job, you know, whatever I have to do. We'll have a little place. And, 
and it just uh, what I call pipe dreams nowadays. It's a pipe dream. Yeah. You know. Whew. Okay. It never worked out. You could plan all you want, and just it just never works out. All right. So you head so back with this half a pound. Yeah. Yeah, I take a bus back here. I get back here. The day I get here, there's a blizzard running through, rolling through. So I get dropped off in this town. This blizzard's running through, and the chick that was supposed to come pick me up to take all this shit, she's scared. She don't want to drive in the blizzard. So I uh, one on the number of this guy that's on parole, probation. That okay, I could call him. He's he's a he's a guy, he's a construction worker. You know, he's not going to be scared of this storm. He'll come pick me up. I'll hook him up with a little something. So he drives, I, I get a hold of him, he's like, okay, yeah, I'll come pick you up. So he comes all the way to pick me up, and he says, do you have anything? Did you bring anything with you? You know what I mean? I'm like, no, I ain't got shit. I'm just up here picking up my vehicle, and he's like, oh, that's fucked up, but all right. So he drives me, he picks me up, and we have to drive another uh, uh, 70 miles to get back to the town that I'm going to in this blizzard. So we're driving, and then we have to stop to get my, my blazer in between. We got to drive like... 40 miles, get the blazer, and then drive another 30 miles to the town. So we drive, and we get we get my blazer, and then my blazer doesn't start. We need a battery. So he goes out of his pocket, and he buys me a battery for 100 bucks. And we put the battery in my blazer, and then we drive into town. And I'm broke, because like I said, all I got out with was 100 bucks. So all I had on this whole trip up here was the money that I got out of prison with was 100 bucks. I didn't even have the money to buy gas to get back to Arizona. But I have the half pound. Right. So we pull into, we pull into Aberdeen and uh, the girl's there waiting for me, you know, and she buys me a hotel room. We go into the hotel room and uh, at that point I'm like, yay, okay. I tell the dude, hey, I, I do have this. I hook him up. I give him about six hundred dollars worth and uh he takes off and i tell the girl she she had her kids with her and i told her i'm not going to give it to her when she has her kids with her so she i told her go drop off the kids do whatever you got to do come back and then we'll do the transaction i'll give you the shit you go get the money for it and bring me back the money you know what i mean she's like all right so she leaves and in the meantime i'm showering doing whatever and uh that dude goes right to the cops and tells the cops that I have a bunch of dope. Doesn't give him the dope that I gave him. He keeps that, but just tells the cops, hey, he has a bunch of drugs. So then they put me under surveillance. So now I'm under surveillance. I take off and I go with this chick and we go to the bar. No, I, yeah, I, we, I end up at the, meeting her at the bar. When we get to the bar, she drives me back to the hotel room. Right now, the hotel room's under surveillance. So we go back to the hotel room. I give her everything. We drive back to the bar. We, she does whatever she does with her friends and does this and that. We end up back at the hotel room later on that night. And when we show up to the hotel room, the cops hit us. DCI. And What's DCI? Everything's uh, department or uh, DCI is... Uh, uh, Department of Criminal Investigation. Okay. And so we get busted. They don't find none of the dope. She has the dope on her. They don't find it because it's all in Coke cans and in a 12-pack of Coke. So they don't find it. And they ask me what about this and that, you know what I mean? So I, I, I throw them on a, a wild goose chase. I say, well... No, this dude, this other dude picked it up. I gave it to this other dude. And so they went on a wild goose chase looking for this other dude while they let her go. But they kept you, and right? Because essentially you're saying, I came me. here with drugs with the intent well, to sell. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, they had us dirty UAs. They had me for a dirty UA, which is a felony in the state. What's a dirty UA? Uh, piss. Your piss is dirty. Oh, okay. So that's a felony, and with my priors, they could give me a life sentence. Okay. So I tell them, look, let her go, and I'll admit to getting high and so forth. So they went ahead and let her go. 
And then, so I'm in jail trying to get her to pay me for the dope I gave her. She got paranoid and threw it all in an alley. She didn't want nothing to do with it no more because she was smart. <laughs> and some kids found it and started selling it at the local high school. So the kids get caught with it. And so I get blamed for all that. And that's what I ended up getting 40 years in prison for up here the first time. You got 40 years up there for drugs they never I caught ended up pleading you with. Guilty. Right. Right. You ended up pleading guilty to like, what? I ended up pleading guilty to the half pound. I ended up pleading guilty to given, uh, possession, possession with intent, and two counts of distribution because when we were in the hotel room, I put a half gram on the table, another half gram on the table, and I made a line for her to snort on the table, and I put the rest of the Coke cans on the table with all the dope in it. So they charged me for uh, distribution of one half, distribution of a half gram, distribution of the other half gram, uh, possession of the line, or I don't know how they, they, they it was um, possession of one half gram, Possession with intent for no wait 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 I forget what it was but it was the four I had four amounts on the table and they charged me with possession possession with intent two distributions uh, distribution for her doing a line uh, distribution because she took one half gram to with her to give to somebody else and possession for the other half gram that she that I gave her and possession with intent for the other uh, essentially half pound that I gave her. And what about you coming back dirty on the piss test? Uh, that charge was dropped as no a result shit. of me pleading guilty. They dropped the little one. Yeah. They're like, we're not going to charge you for doing it when we can charge you with selling it, and that's a lot worse. Yep. So, and my lawyers are telling me, well, they could give you a life sentence just for that, just for the doing the line. They already know all this shit was yours. So you denying it isn't doing you any good. Now, when you say up to a life sentence anyway for the line, your lawyer, your this is a public defender. Or this is again your family coming out right. of pocket. Public, 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 public defender. Okay. And and they know who you they're are. You're me, you're in their system. Like you're a known dude. It's not like you're right new guy in town. They don't have any idea who the fuck you are. You're a known quantity. Right. They have my background. Yeah. They have my background. Okay. So they say there's, you know, if you don't accept responsibility, they're going to, they'll give you, end up giving you life anyway. So you might as well throw yourself on the sword and accept responsibility for everything and put it on the judge and we're going to ask for, you know what I mean? Yep. So I'm like, all right. You know what I mean? I seen the, I seen the logic in it. And so I was all right. And so I pled guilty to the, to the, to the four, to the four counts. And at that time, they made it. They they sentenced me to a single transaction, which is it all happened at one time. So I didn't have no mandatory minimums or anything. They ended up sentenced me to 40 years, which was 10 on each one, which would have been the mandatory minimum if I had it. So that one mattered until later on. So then I did a bunch of I did a bunch of things. I turned. You know, I did a bunch of uh, drug rehabilitation programs and and personal development programs, and I earned a degree in pers- personal development. And I, I, I sent you that paperwork where you had all the certificates and everything, all the courses that I took, uh, which was a lot. And they said they'd never seen anybody. The judge said he never seen anybody complete as many courses or done as much self improvement as I had. So two years. Four years after I got that that 40 year sentence, I went back to court uh, on a motion to correct an illegal sentence and a motion to modify my sentence. And the judge agreed with me. The prosecutor jumped up and down, didn't want me to get any time knocked off, said I should have received a life sentence. And the judge said, you know, I've never seen anybody do. He congratulated me on my legal work and he said he's never seen anybody. Uh, uh, do so much self improvement as I've had, I've done, 
and that he was really impressed with my with my legal arguments. And he said, how much time do you want knocked off your sentence? I said, 25 years. So he said, granted. And he gave me 25, he knocked off 25 years. And the uh, prosecutor was mad, slammed all his stuff together and walked out. You know, he just got beat by a by an inmate. <laughs> and uh, I had beat him on uh, other cases too, several other cases I had been doing in the county jail and in the prison. I had, I had gotten people out of prison. Uh, um, and had beat other people's cases for, like, one guy had an aggravated assault, and he didn't like it because they, they told the guy that uh, the doctors, that what happened on that guy's case, that they ended up telling them uh, that the doc, the prosecutor told his lawyer, hey, the doctors are willing to testify that that the cut above his this guy's eye was a serious bodily injury for whatever reason. And I was like, well, this is just a small cut. It can't be serious bodily injury. So I tell his parents to get an investigator, his parents get an investigator, and they go question that doctor. And the doctor said he never told the prosecutor that. So I went back into court and said, and made the prosecutor look bad because, you know, he lied. He lied to the dude's attorney to get him to take a plea. And I brought it all out in court and showed that he lied. And the, the judge scolded him, told him, you can't be doing that. You know, and it was a big shit show. And, uh, so that's just one case where I got under the prosecutor's skin, uh, and and I've gotten several. My lawyers through the years have gotten several uh, letters from the prosecutor, emails from the prosecutor, telling the prosecutor or to telling my lawyer to to, uh, to tell me not to help anybody with their cases anymore, or that they're going to screw me, that they're going to prosecute me to the full extent of the law, and all this other stuff. They continue to try to get me not to help people. So, you know, so explain how do you so somebody comes to you and says hey the, the assault thing they're saying it's seriously bodily serious bodily injury you're going to court as their representative or you're just writing briefs and sending no. it in I'm I'm writing briefs and sending it in and I'm writing uh, 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 memorandums and presenting their their attorney that I got appointed for them the memorandums and explaining how to approach the case. Cause you don't have any legal, like you, you never got the, um, I never got a light. I'm not a, I'm not a licensed attorney, but it does. I, but, I'm watching the show on TV called, uh, I'm watching the show on TV called, uh, for life. Yeah. I saw the commercial. It's a new, for series, it. new, it's a new series. And, and that reminds, I mean, it's like, it reminds me a lot of of, 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 of of my situation, kind of. I think it's supposed to be based on a true story also. It is based on a true story, Is yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. So you're in for 40, plead, the, plead to the judge, they take off 25, which still leaves you with 15. Right. And you do four years on every 10. So I had to do six years. So at this time, I'm ready to get out. I got another year to go. So they moved me to minimum. And How old are you at this point? They sent me to minimum. I have no idea. Um, that was um, 48, I think. Okay. Late, let's just go with late 40s. I don't need specifics. I'm just trying to figure out timeline, where you are yeah. from then to now. So yeah, yeah. Late 40s. Yeah. Okay. So I go to minimum. I mean, I'll, 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 at this time, I'm, I'm learning different trades while I'm in prison too. I, I, I become an electrician. I get, I get, I get, um, become a, a, a journeyman electrician, um, and uh, learning all that stuff. And I, I, I go to minimum, and I try to. I, you get up here, you get work release and stuff like that. So you get to go out in the community and work and stuff like that. So I ended up. Uh, I couldn't land an electrician job, but I landed a, a dishwashing job at a restaurant. And uh, I started there just washing dishes. And while I'm still in prison, so I'd go in the morning and go wash dishes and come back at night. This is in know? Aberdeen? And, uh, this is in, uh, well, South Dakota. It's okay. not in Aberdeen. No more. I mean, there's several prisons in South Dakota. Where we, I was actually in Yankton, South Dakota at the time. Okay. So I go and I, I work, and so I worked there for a year. Um, the whole time I'm in prison, I worked there the whole, you know, for the whole year. And then I got out, 
and uh, I get out of prison and I go get another job cutting down trees, tree trimming and cutting tree removal. And I started doing that time, that job full time. So I would do that full time uh, from seven in the morning till five, six at night. And then I'll go to my second job at Minerva's and this time I'm a cook because I moved my way up to a cook. So then I go to Minerva's and I wouldn't cook no more, but they had me uh, uh, doing like general whatever. So I got to go in at any time I wanted and work whenever I wanted and pretty much do whatever I wanted in there. I would either do dishes or I'd clean, I'd prep, I'd do whatever. I would just help out. I'd go there to help out for a few hours every night. Because um, they, they liked me, you know what I mean? I, I, had done, I had worked hard for them for all this time, and they liked me, and they knew that And I, I wasn't going to pass up the tree trimming job. I mean, it was paid. I was getting $15 an hour under the table, plus, you know, overtime and all that stuff. And so I was bringing home 800 800 a week okay. just on that job. So uh, I wasn't going to pack that up, but I still wanted to keep, you know, they helped me out a lot, and I still wanted to keep my other job. So I did. So I, so I started doing that. So the whole time I was out, for the six months I was out, I worked both in jobs. I, I, I paid all my bills. I had my own apartment. I, I got a car. I paid my bills. I, I, I had to get uh, furniture and stuff from, like, a rental place, rent a furniture, rent a center. And so I was paying all my bills. I was doing good. I was... I was happy, you know. Uh, my daughter came up to live with me, and she was she 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 enjoyed it up here and everything. And she was happy, and, and then I moved some girl up here and moved in some girl with me that uh, just totally bad. <laughs> it's always a chick. It's always something. Chicks, drugs, and cars, man. We got to stop. We're about to we're about to hit the end of uh, the second hour, so yeah. I'm gonna stop yep. here. So we're in where? What state are we in? South Dakota. Yep. So yep. we're in South Dakota. You've been out for how long? Six months. Yep. Been out for six months. Yep. Got a couple jobs. You figuring have shit one out. Minutes remaining. All right. I'm gonna pause here. I also wanted to call you sometime. Can I call you later tonight or tomorrow to discuss something with you? Yeah, let me pause this. Hold on. All right, everybody, hold on. So, um, yeah. So, when do you want to call? When do you like? When's your next Whenever. time you can I, call? Uh, six thirty my time, which would be four thirty your time. All right, I'll make sure I have my phone on me. If I don't answer, it's nothing personal. It's just I got shit going on. I'm trying to do a whole bunch of other stuff around the house, got a bunch of okay. repairs and stuff. So if I can't catch you no then, problem. I know it doesn't let you leave a message. So, um, I'll yeah. just call back every, what, hour? <laughs> For like an hour from then and then. Yeah, that's fine. And then the next day or something? Yeah. Okay. I'll just keep an eye on my phone and we'll, we'll hook up sometime between then and next Saturday. Yeah, it only take that. Thank you for using GTL. Well, that's that. They call me white trash. I guess that ain't so bad. That's what they said to Johnny Cash And look at the life he had I'm just a drunk and a loser My mama says that I'm no good That I'll never have a decent job Or live in a nice neighborhood I don't care what people say About me behind my back Cause me and the man got it all figured out Me and the man in black That I live in a trailer and I drink beer all day long But I'm an artist and a writer A poet, a singer of songs Make a joyful noise unto the Lord That's what the good book states 
But it's hard for me to be joyful when all I hear about are my mistakes. Well, I don't care what people say about me behind my back. Cause me and the man got it all figured out. Me and the man in black. Well, I got Figured out me and the man in black. Well, I got cash. 